So first of all, big shkayach to uh, the early Shabbos. Early Shabbos, man. Early Shabbos. It's always nice. It's always nice to have a friend with good friends, mishpach, you know? It's really very special. It's very special. Shosh bless you. You should continue to bring simcha to Yidin, you know? Bring them closer to Avinu Shabbat Shalom. to all the sponsors. Make this night happen. You know, I'll tell you the truth, I can't think of a better way to enter into the month of Kislev. These months that we're entering into, Kislev, Teves, Shvat Adar, these are, it's interesting, they're the darkest months of the year, the coldest months of the year. But if a person has a good eye, they're the most lichtig, the warmest months of the year, you know? You already feel like the warm blanket of Hanukkah coming. So let's develop a little bit of those pneumistic eyes to be able to see, to understand, to appreciate what light is available to us in the month of Kislev. What's our void in this month? What's Hanukkah about? All right, so let me share with you. Let's start with a few questions. Talk about Hanukkah. It's the month of Hanukkah, the month of Hanukkah. All right, so you know, if you take a look at the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchas Hanukkah, the Rambam talks about a little bit of the history, a little bit of the history leading up to Hanukkah. And the Rambam says that when the Golas of Yavan, when the Greek exile began, so the Rambam describes the difficulty of that Golas, what they, what they decreed upon us. And the Rambam says as follows. The Rambam says that they decreed upon us, they revatal us from, from Dasan, they, they, they took away our Yiddishkeit, they disallowed us from keeping Yiddishkeit, they, they stopped us from learning Torah, from keeping mitzvahs. Hoshtu Yudehem, Bebnei Sehem, they... They attacked the Jewish women. And then finally, Rama says, Upashtu And they also lay, laid heavy taxes upon the Jewish people. They took our money. That's what Rama says. And because of that, nope. So the Chashmanoim came up and they gave us the Yantav of Hanukkah. So the first question is like this. When the Rama is listing all the terrible things that the Yavanim did, all the terrible decrees, so stopping us from Yiddishkeit, stopping Torah, stopping mitzvahs, that's a very heavy thing. And attacking Jewish women, that's terrible. And Achran, Achran, Chaviv, like the, the harshest thing of all, says the Ramam, is that they also took our money. It's one thing if that's all they did. But once you've listed the other things that are so severe, stopping Yiddishkeit, attacking Jewish women, breaking up that Indian of Kedusha Yisrael, so that the last thing on our minds is going to be the fact that they, laid, that they levied taxes on us. Okay, it's, it's not good. But in comparison to the other things, Ramam just mentioned, it's a pellet to even mention that. That's the first question. Another question. The Rambam then goes on to say that after the victory of the Chashunayim, after the whole Yantav of Hanukkah, and the Rambam describes as if this is part of the Yantav of Hanukkah, that the Chashunayim took over the Malchus of the Jewish people for close to 200 years. That the Malchus of the Jewish people, the Jewish people were sovereign over, over our own land. Through the Chashunayim, they established the Malchus. So the question is, and the Rishonim ready to deal with this, it's a famous issue which is we know that the Malchus of the Jewish people is supposed to be in Shevet Yehuda and in the family of David and Melech Befrat. And so the question is, what were the Chashvinoim thinking to take the Malchus and to become and to establish a kingdom of the Jewish people with Kahanim, with the Chashvinoim? It should be in the hands of Yehuda, of David and Melech. And the truth is, it's well known, the Ramban writes, that it was because of that mistake that they did 
that ultimately the, the, the Malchus of the Chashunayim did not last, and their family was wiped out ultimately, ultimately. So the question is, what were they thinking? These were big tzaddik and big tamidichacham, and they certainly knew that David Melch has the right to the throne. So what were they thinking? That's question number two. And finally, the third question is, in the Gemara and Shabbos, where it talks about the Yontav of Hanukkah, and the Gemara famously asks, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah about? And the Gemara says, the whole Maisa, and the, the Yavanim, you know, they, they contaminated the Beisamigdash, and when the Chashmonim overtook them, and we entered into the Heichel, into the temple of the Beisamigdash, and we saw that there was no oil, everything was contaminated, until finally they found, famously, the Pach Echad Shel Shemen, that one little jar of oil, Munach B'chaisama Shekhaen Gadol, signed with the seal of the, whole, with the, of the high priest, Sealed with the seal of the high priest, Munach and we all know the story. Shoni lasted of one day and it lasted all eight days. So the final question is, what's the Hashgacha practice of that? Why did Rabbanu Shalom have to make the nace in such a way that they found a pach echad shel shem in one little jar of oil, sealed with the seal of the high priest of the Kohen What's the significance of that? We know everything in Yiddishkeit is telling us something of our avodah right now. So what does that mean for us right now? Tavshin pei beis, you know, kiss like tavshin pei beis. What? The Indian of Munach, Bach Echel Shal Shemen Munach, the Chaisamashal Kayan Gadol. All right. So, you know, it's well known that the Yontif of Hanukkah is a Yontif of Tarsh Peh. Tarsh Peh. It's the one Yontif we have from Chazal that has no root in Tarsh Bechsavadur in Tarit. All Tarsh Peh. Chazal, in fact, have a tradition that the Menorah and the Besamekdash is very much associated with Tarsh Peh, with Tyra. Chazal say that when Aaron HaKayin had a difficult Indian in Torah that he didn't understand, he would go to the Beis HaMikdash, go to the Mishkan, and meditate on the, on the candles. He would meditate on the Menorah. And from there, clarity of Torah came. So the Yontav of Hanukkah is a Yontav that's celebrating Torah. We know that even in Alanisim it's described that the Yavonim came, Lashkicham Torah to make us forget Torah. And Hanukkah, therefore, is a Yontav of remembering Torah. So let's investigate that for a second. What is Torah? What is Torah? What's the purpose of learning Torah? What is happening when a person studies Torah? What is happening when a Jew does a mitzvah? What is Yiddishkeit? So it's like this. There's two letters. I'm going to go a little deep right now, just for a few minutes. There are two letters in the Aleph Beis that when you first think of them, you might not associate it with Torah, with Tarsh Baal Peh in particular, but these two letters are deeply connected to Tarsh Baal Peh. And that's the letter Mem and the letter Samach. Now let me explain. The letter Mem, the open Mem, the end of Mem, the letter Mem is very much connected with the process, with, with what Tarsh Peh is. For example, what's the first word of Tarsh Peh? The first Mishnah, Mesachas Brachas, at the beginning of Tarsh Peh, Me'emasai, it's a Mem. What's the final letter of Tarsh Peh? The word Basholam, in Oksin, it's an end of Mem. The mem is the beginning of Tarsh Peh, and Mem is the end of Tarsh Peh. The letter Mem equals Begimachir 40. The Rambam, in his, in his introduction to Mishnah Torah, records the history of Tarsh Peh from Moshe Rabbeinu all the way to his day. And the Rambam says, the Rambam calculates Rebbe Talmud, Rebbe Talmud. And if you go through the numbers from Moshe Rabbeinu until Ravashi, who's the end of Talmud Bavli that seals Tarsh Peh, everything else after Ravashi is just commentary, just trying to discover what's contained in Gemara, what's contained in that. In, in what was revealed during those generations, from Moshe to Ravashi are 40 generations, 40 Rebbeim to 40 Talmidim, 40 generations. It's the letter Mem. Moshe Rabbeinu is in Shemayim for how long to receive the Torah? 40 days, 40 days, 40 nights. The letter Mem 
is associated with Tarsh Baal Peh. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us, the Gemara, it's an interesting Gemara, the Gemara goes through all the Aleph Beis and tells us what's the meaning behind each letter, what the letter represents, what it's symbolic of. And the Gemara in Shabbos says the letter Mem, the open Mem and the closed Mem, says the Gemara corresponds to the following idea of Maimer Pesuach, Maimer Sasam, an open statement and a closed statement. And the meaning of that is, the Torah has two parts. There's the revealed Torah, that's the Maimer Pesuch, that's the open Mem, and then there's the hidden part of Torah, Kabbalah, Pnimis Torah, that's the Maimer Sasam. So the letter Mem is Tarsh Balpetik, the open Mem, the end of Mem, the letter Samach. The letter Samach is also very much connected to Tarsh Balpet. How many Mesechtas are there in all of Shas? 60. All of Shas, 60 Mesechtas. That's Samach, that's 60. That same Gemara in Shabbos, which talks about the letters, what's the meaning of the letter Samach? So the Gemara says, Samach Ayin is Simonim Asay, make Simonim when you learn. What is a Simon? You've noticed this in Gemara sometimes, that after a long sugya, the Gemara will make like a Rosh Tevis to sum up everything you learned until now in the past blot or so. That's called a Simon. To hold on to Tarsh Balpet, to retain that knowledge, that it should be everlasting, says the Gemara, that's the symbol of the letter Samach. Samach means Simon, and Simon means to retain your learning. Make Simonim, make Ramazim to retain your learning. Even the word Samach means to support. What sustains Tarsh Balpet, what allows Tarsh Balpet and the Chacham of Tarsh Balpet to continue from one generation to the next? Smicha. Moshe Rabbeinu leans his hands upon Yeshua Benun to allow that transition of Tarsh Pet to go from one generation to the next. Even the fact that it's Michas Yedayim, that it's placing the hands, Moshe Rabbeinu placed his hands upon Yeshua Benun. The Gemara says in Bechayris that the bones of the hands are, thir- are 60 bones altogether. It's the whole Indian of Smicha is just connected with the letter Samach. When you take those two letters, Samach and Mem, and you put them together, it spells the word Sam. Sam is a medication. The Gemara says the Torah is called the Sam HaChaim, the medication of life. That's Sam. If you flip, if you flip it, and it's Mem Samach. What's Mem Samach? Mas. It says in Pasuk regarding Yisachar. Yisachar is compared to the Talmud Chacham. Yisachar Chamor Gairim. Reivet Vimishpasayim. Vihi Lamas Oive. That he bears the burden of Torah. Mas is called... Mas is called Tyre itself. There's something unique that Bnei Sosor says this in a few places. There's something unique to those two letters, Mem and Samach, in that if you, if you think about it, if you could just like imagine it in your mind's eye, you can't create the letter Samach unless you have a paper behind it, you know? You can't just imagine it in the air because there has to be something in the middle to, to create the letter Samach. There has to be a mockum upon the letter Samach to exist, and the end of Mem is the same thing. It's the only letters that demands something in the middle of it. You can't just float in outer space. It needs a mokim. The Bnei Soscher said that's similar to Sanhedrin. The halacha is a Sanhedrin function as a Sanhedrin, which is the body, the body of Tarsh Baal Peh in this world. Hamokim Garim, the place of the Beis HaMikdash, is what establishes them as a Sanhedrin. So the letter Mem and Samach is always associated with Tarsh Baal Peh. So here's the question, so what does that mean? What, what does that mean exactly? What is the significance of Samach, the significance of the Mem? Why are they associated with Tarsh Peh? Mas, Sam, why is that? Okay. So you know, in, in Yiddishkeit, we have two terms for the next world. For what's waiting for us, La'asid you know, for the next world, there's two terms for it. One is, as I just said, La'asid 
Blessed loving. The world to come. The, one that, the world that's going to be. And then there's another term, which is Olam Haba. Also in English, I guess, translated as the world to come. What's the difference between the term Olam Haba and Lasa Lava? Yeah, so the Rizal in Eitz Chaim explains that Olam Haba and Lasa Lava correspond to two different madrigas of the next world. Olam Haba corresponds to a lower level and Lasa Lava is a higher level. Now the Rizal explained that Olam Haba, the lower level, corresponds to the letter Mem, the end of Mem. La'asa lovi, the higher level, corresponds to the letter Samach. What does that mean? So let me explain. When we talk in the Surah Hashem, we find that, you know, if you think about the Mem versus the Samach, a Samach is a circle, yeah? Samach is a circle. An end of Mem is a square. The Ushami tells us the following idea that the way the Rabbani Shalom created nature, the way the Rabbani Shalom created the world is, that meets Sidoi, from God's perspective, His handiwork, things are mostly circular, mostly round. The earth is round, most fruits are round, the celestial bodies are round, everything is round. In nature, you're not going to find squares. It says Yishami, everything in nature is circular. But the way of the human being, it's interesting, we are more, when human beings become architects and we build structures, more often than not, we build squares, squares, rectangles. So the Mark Hashem explained as follows. The letter Samach corresponds to that dimension of the next world, which is called, which is described in Pasuk of Ayin Lairasa Elokim Zulasecha. The Samach represents a reality that's completely God's domain, completely God's world. Completely God's world. So much of God's world that when we even try to articulate what that experience is like in that dimension, in that deepest place of Olam Haba, there's no words to describe it. All we can say is, no eye has seen it, but you, but you, God. There's a dimension of reality which is called God's place. That's God's world, how God sees things, where God exists. That's the letter Samach. This is why the letter Samach is a circle. A circle is, is a... Is a is a, G-match, a, G- a G-match, uh, is a shape that doesn't have any, any ends. There's no top, there's no bottom, there's no beginning, there's no end. What we say about the Rabbani Shalom, the deepest thing we could say about the Rabbani Shalom is that he's ain't safe, ain't racist, blisachlis, 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 he has no beginning, he has no end. He is, he is always. That's described as a circle. There is no beginning, there is no end. From the Rabbani Shalom's perspective, from that place, he is shavi, he's absolutely even, all things are equal in that place. That's the circle of the letter Samach. And then you have the letter Mem. The letter Mem, as the Rizal said, corresponds to a lower dimension of Olam Haba. There's other places in Chazal where Olam Haba is described as a place of Hasaga, a place of understanding. That when you get to Olam Haba, all the questions that you ever had in life will be answered. Questions about your own personal inyanim, Questions about Jewish history, questions about anything that's on your mind. Olam Haba is described in many places in Chazal as a place of answers. That's, this, that's a description of the lower level of Olam Haba. A world of Olam Haba that, that's already related to the human being. 
that gives answers to the human being's questions. It's a world of hasaga, a world of understanding. Therefore, it's a, it's a square. The letter mem is a square. But a square is something that's a human, it's a human invention. It's a human shape. It's not something from the Rabbanu Shalom's world, it's something from our world. So letter samach again. So to sum up, the letter samach means the dimension that's absolutely all God. The letter mem means the dimension that's absolutely all us. So let's go back. Torah is connected to the letter Mem and the letter Samach. The meaning of this is as follows. What is Torah? What is happening when a person learns Torah? So you open up the Mishnah Bura, you learn something. You open up a Chumash, you learn something. You open up a Gemara, Medrash, whatever it is that you open up. Or by extension, you do a Mitzvah. What's happening? So there's an aspect of Torah, there's a side of Torah, which is what? Which is about giving you answers. It's, it fits into our world. These are rules and regulations about what, how we have to function, what we should do to give us guidance, to navigate through the craziness of life sometimes, and to give us hasoga, to give us understanding, to give us clarity. A Jewish person without Torah is lost in the wilderness of life, and Torah comes as that beacon of light, as that clarity, to give you direction. That's beautiful, that's gewaldic, that's the letter mem. But if a Jew thinks that all, that's all what Torah is, then as beautiful as it might seem on the outset when a person begins the process of becoming a Yid and of learning, if a person thinks that that's all Torah is, Torah is just giving me guidance through life. Torah is about giving me answers. That's beautiful. But ultimately, ultimately, a person is missing the, the, greatest, the greatest gift what Torah is. You know what Torah really is? Torah is a vehicle through which you could ascend, you could ascend from your dark place of not understanding, of no clarity at all, of confusion. And the Rabbani Shalom gives you this lifeline that's called Torah to give you clarity. But the truth of all truths is that the hasaga, the understanding of Torah itself, the letter Mem, must be and needs to be connected with the letter Samach. Torah is not just the answer to our questions. Torah is a gateway. Torah is a key through which a person is able to transition and to and to ascend to an entirely, dimen- entirely new dimension of God's world. See, as I mentioned many, I've, I've talked about this many times, that there is two types of information, there's two types of communication, there's two types of conversations a person can have. There's one type of conversation which is about giving a person information, giving a person answers to their questions. I ask you a question, you give me an answer, that's it. But there's another type of conversation, which is also question and answer. It's also about answering a question, but it's much deeper than that. It's a conversation between a husband and wife. It's a conversation between good friends. It's a conversation between the creator and that which he created. It's a conversation of Torah, which is not just about giving you the answers, but it's about using that information that's being given to you as a way of bringing you into my world. What is Torah? What Torah is, is the letter Samach and the letter Mem. Torah is the Rabbanu Shalom giving us something that we can grasp in order to hold on to, to climb up out of the world that we live in. It's no different than a person that's drowning in the ocean, and from a ship they, they, they lower him a lifeline. And what is the person supposed to do? To hold on to that. But the tachlis is not to hold on to that, to that lifeline and stay in the water. The tachlis is to hold on to the lifeline and they'll schlep you out of the water. The letter Samach means to understand and to appreciate that what a person is engaged in when you're learning Torah, what you're engaged in when you're doing a mitzvah is, 
is that you're holding on to something that you're able to understand in order to get you out of this place. That you should, trend, that you should be able to move from a world that's human to be able to experience life how God sees it. To move from squares into circles. To move from the Mem into the Samach. Now the Samach by itself is unknowable. It's unattainable. It's Ayin Laras Elokim Zulasecha. The Mem on its own is beautiful, it's accessible, it's understandable, it's the answers to our questions, but you still remain in the ocean. You're still stuck down here. You're still stuck in a place of confusion. You might have answers, you might know how to navigate, but you're still stuck in the forest, you're still stuck in the jungle. But when you have the letter Mem, and you're reconnected to the letter Samach, and the light of the Rabbanu Shalom, the light of who God is, like the Pasik says, when the first word of, 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 of the Torah, which is, and the word Anoichi is, I am giving myself over to you, says Hashem. If a person can learn Torah in such a way where the quality of the Samach, the nature of the Samach, remains intact as it descends and flows through the men into your life, that's called Torah Lishma, that's called learning Torah, that's called doing a mitzvah. When a person does a mitzvah, and when we put on tefillin, and a person thinks that you're standing where you are, and you're putting on tefillin, then that's just the letter mem. What a person has to do when you put tefillin on is that you're machnia yourself, you humble yourself, you nullify yourself to the pair of tefillin. And the tefillin is putting you on. And then what's happening is, there's the mem, there's the physical tefillin that you're wearing, something that's tangible, something that's relatable, but it's bringing you to the letter Samach. It's connecting you to that place of the letter Samach. This is why the letter Samach, by the way, is Gematria number six, 60. 60 is always the number in Halacha that's associated with Bittl. With Bittl. Something is nullified, one in 60, it becomes Bittl, right? Kashras and so on. Things become nullified, one in 60. The letter Samach means to become lost in God's world. But the only way to become lost in God's world is to hold on to the peace of God's world that he lowers down into the ocean of this world, which is called Tyre. And the more you understand Tyre, which is the letter men, but you, you understand and you have that faith and that humility and that sensitivity to know that everything that I'm understanding is for one single purpose. My understanding of Yiddishkeit, my understanding of Tyre is just my form of holding on to that lifeline. Because if I don't understand that, I'm not holding on to it. But the tachlis of understanding is to hold on to that lifeline, and then what? And then I'm picked up out of the ocean from that. But if a person learns Torah and thinks that all they're supposed to accomplish is just to understand, then all it does is feed the ego, and all it does is keep them in the ocean of this world, which is the opposite of what Torah is about. Torah is about allowing you to ascend out of the ocean, to get to that place of the letter Samach, through holding on to the Torah, which is the letter Mem. Let's understand, you know, this is why when a person gets married, Torah is also described as a Kedushin, as a, as a Yichud. Torah Tzivalanu Maisha, Mairasha Kilas Yaakov Mairasa. We're married to Hashem through the Torah. The union between Achasen and Kala and the union between us and the Rabbani Shalom is this way of each side is living in each, in each other's world. What's the difference between roommates and a husband and wife, you know? Roommates is, each person is their own little universe and they happen to bump into each other once in a while. A chasin means I'm completely in the other person's world. Torah is called Mairasa. Torah is called a way through which we become engaged and we become married to the Rabbanu Shalom. Married to the Rabbanu Shalom means that we move out of our old house, 
we move out of our parents' house and we go live by the Rabbanu Shalom. That's called the Rabbanu Shalom's world. This is why when a person gets married, so the minig of Kal Yisrael nowadays for a very long time has been to be Makadish Yenisha with a ring under the chuppah. See, the chuppah is a square. Chuppah is, a, if you imagine it, like a three-dimensional mem, three-dimensional endemem. And the ring that you give to the kala, that's a samach. The secret of Kedushin and Nesuin that we're doing at the same time, simultaneously, with the ring under the chuppah, is the secret of what Isha says. It's the secret of Yichud. It's the secret of Torah. It's the secret of Meirasa Kilos Yaakov. It's the secret of moving out of your zone, moving out of the dimension of thinking reality as a human being, but rather seeing things from God's perspective, to become, to become someone who's saturated with elikos, who be, who's humbled by what he knows. Not, not, uh, not uh, inflated by what he knows, but humbled by what he knows. That's the secret of marriage. It's the secret of yichud. It's the secret of the, le- of the letters mem and samach. Let's understand. The malach of Esav, Nicole Parshish from now will see this, right? That Yaakov Avinu wrestles with the Malach of Esav. By the way, that story of the wrestling match between Yaakov and Esav is very much connected to Hanukkah. We know, according to Chazal, that when Yaakov Avinu went by himself, he crossed over the river, right? And that's where he was susceptible to attack because he was by himself. Why did he go there by himself? So you know, because he wanted to go find Pachim Ketanim, the small jugs, the, vo- the small jugs, small jars. There's a Kabbalah from the Rishayim already that that effort of Yaakov Avinu to find his jugs, to find those jars, was establishing, was foreshadowing this truth of the Pachim Pachechet Shemen of that jar of oil of Hanukkah. What's the name of the Malach Avesa? Listen to this Rabbi. So what's the Malach Avesa's name? Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. Samuel, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. Sam. It's the same letter, Samach Mem. Because the greatest attack of the Malach Avesa, what does the Malach Avesa really want more than anything else? Eventually what he wants is what? What eventually he wants is for you to not keep Shabbos and not to eat kosher and to leave everything. But the beginning of the Samach Mem's attack is what? Is to steal from us those letters of the Samach Mem. Is to steal from us that mentality, that sense of what Yiddishkeit really is. Because as soon as a Yid believes that Yiddishkeit is human, as soon as a Yid begins to think and make that mistake, that Yiddishkeit, all Yiddishkeit is, is below 10th Vachim of the ground, that all it is is something to guide us through life, to make sure we don't become animals. And Torah and Yiddishkeit is not something to elevate you outside of this place. As soon as the side of impurity steals the letters Samach Mem from you, it's the beginning of the end. It's the beginning of the end. Once, once a Jewish person loses sight of Pneumius, once a Jewish person loses sight of that desire of wanting to ascend to that place of the letter Samach through the letter Mem, it's the beginning of the end of one's Yiddishkeit. The name Kel, by the way, Aleph Lamed, that name Kel of Sam, Samuel, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. It says in Pasuk, Chesed Kel Kol Hayoim, the, the name, the, the Shem Kaddish, the divine name of Kel, the Rizal taught is a name that has a particular quality of making sure that something does not lose its identity as it travels through space, as it travels through time. The Zohar Kodesh describes the name Kel as chesed da'ozil in koyle yoymen. A kindness, it's a power that travels through all days and still retains its identity. That name, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, is everything we want in order to have a healthy Yiddishkeit. Because Samach Mem means that's the letters of Torah, that's the letters that 
keep that that embody what Torah is about. And the divine name Kel means that as you're involved in the letter Mem, it shouldn't lose its identity of the letter Samach. And as you transition upward towards the letter Samach, you shouldn't let go of what the letter Mem means. Kel means that everything retains its identity even though it travels through all sorts of crazy places. That's what Torah is. Torah comes from the highest place, from the place of the letter Samach, from that place of divine, Mamish, the place of God's world. And it makes all the way down here, all the way down here to piece of chicken, to a shiloh about a chicken, and a shiloh about muksa, and a shiloh about kashras, and about the ins and outs of, of your own particular life, and how to tie your shoes, and it's still all the way to the bottom of the letter Samach, right, the letter Mem, and it still retains its identity because of the name Kel. The whole clip of the other side, what is the tomb of the other side? To steal from us Samach, Mem, Aleph, Lamed. Let's understand the Yavanim of Hanukkah, the Yavanim, the Golis of Yavan is what? To make us forget about Torah. In what way? Everyone knows. It wasn't about stopping us from actually learning. It wasn't stopping us from actually keeping mitzvahs. You know what they were stopping us from remembering? They were stopping us from remembering where Torah comes from. They were stopping us from remembering why is it that we're supposed to be learning? Why is it that we keep mitzvahs? For what purpose? The Golis of Yavan, the darkening of the eyes of the Jewish people through the Golis of Yavan, is the darkening of thinking that Torah is human, that Torah is physical, that Torah, all, all Torah is is what you see. All that Gemara is are the lines on the page. All Tefillin are are the boxes that you tie to your, to your arm and head. That's all it is. And at best, all it is is trying to make you a good person. Maybe even someone that's smart and brilliant. But it just feeds the ego. That's the klipa of Yavan. Therefore, Yavan is the embodiment. See, all, all evil comes from Esau. But the exiles that we have of, of Yavan, Yavan is a shliach of Esav to poison us with a particular type of poison. And the poison of Yavan in particular was this klipa of Samach Mem Aleph of stealing those letters from us. This is why Davka the Raman points out that one of the harshest decrees of Yavan was what? That they pushed them money, that they took our money. It wasn't just about the money, but it was about the root of where, what that tells you about Yavin. Where is that coming from? The word in Hebrew, which means taxes, and specifically heavy taxes, is the word mas. The word mas. means that the klip of Yavin was that they were holding on to the letters mem and samach. They usurped those letters from us. They took it away from our hands. So comes the Yavanim. And they, they, they tried to steal the letters of Samach, Mem, Aleph, Lam. They take it from us. And Yaakov Avinu is wrestling with the Malach of Esav. But the Rabbanu Shem was makdim, refuel makdim. The Rabbanu Shem gave us a refuel even before the sickness. And that is what? The Pach Echad Shal Shemem. Chever, what is the word Pach? How do you spell the letters Pach? The word Pach is Pechav. That equals the Gematria 100, which is the same Gematria Samach, Mem. It's the same Gematria Samach, Mem. The Kain Gadol, it says in Pasuk, Tumecha Vurecha. The Ur which is worn by the Kohen Gadol, Le'ish, who is it given to? Chasidecha, the one of Chesed. Chesed Kel Kol The Kohen Gadol, who is the embodiment of that quality of Chesed, which is the name Kel, which is that what the, 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 the identity of something in the beginning retains its identity all the way to the very end. When the Kohen Gadol fought, when the Kohen Gadol seals the Pach Echad Shel Shemen, Munach B'Chaisamesh Kohen Gadol, what's happening is, is that that is the Jewish people rediscovering and retaking for ourselves Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. Pach is Samach Mem, 
And the Kain Gadol, the Chasim of the Kain Gadol is Aleph Lamed. Tumech v'rechelish chasidecha chesed kel kol ayoyim. The whole yontiv of Chanukah, the pachech of Shoshemin, why was in such a way that the Nes had to be in such a way? That's the embodiment of the entire victory of the Chashmonaim over the Yavanim. Our victory over the Chashmonaim is what? Over the Yavanim is what? Is our ability to remember what Yiddishkeit's about, however, to remember what mitzvahs are. So when you do a mitzvah, don't think of it as a human experience. This is not something that's down here on planet Earth. This is something divine. The Rabbanu is giving you a lifeline to climb out of smallness through to ascend to a higher place, to get to that place of Samach by holding on to the, to the bottom of, of the letter Mem. Therefore, because the Yavanim were the embodiment of that quality of the Malach of Esav, of Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, and the Chashmenoim were able to overcome that Tumah, that Klipa of Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, and bring to the side of Kedusha those letters, therefore the, therefore the Chashmenoim believed that they were the embodiment of what? Of Mashiach ben David. What's going to be with Mashiach ben David? What are we going to conquer finally, finally with Mashiach ben David? We're going to ultimately conquer the Malchus of Esav. The Malchus of the, of the Yavanim, the Greek Empire, was the embodiment of Esav at the time. So when the Chashmanoim overcome the Malchus of Yavan, in their mind, what that means is, and that was true, what it means is that they are overcoming the Malchus of Esav as it's manifesting at that time. As it's manifesting in that way, in that Kufa, through the Yavan. The Yavan were just functioning as a, as a messenger to the other side, to the, to the, to the Klipa of Esav, as it's expressed in When the Chashmanoim are able to overcome the Yavanim, that's called the victory over Esav, and that's the job of Meshach ben David. So of course they feel they could, over, they could take the Malchus of, of Meshach ben David. That's what they were functioning as. That's part of the celebration of Hanukkah. So how do we connect to this practically? So this is all very nice. How does one in Avaidah, Halach Lamaisa, how does one make sure that when you keep Torah, when you engage in mitzvahs, you're engaging with it, with it in such a way that you don't lose that it doesn't lose its identity of Samach. That when you're engaged in that side of Torah, which is Mem, which is earthly and down to earth, and you're keeping mitzvahs, how do you make sure that it's still retaining its identity through the name Kel, that it still retains its identity of Samach? And it's a Samachayim. So a couple lines from Lekut Maran. This is in Lekut Maran's Yutes, Madura Tinyana Yutes. Rabbi Nachman says like this, Iker HaTachlis V'Ashlemus. You want to make sure that you're keeping Yiddishkeit in such a way to, that it retains its identity, that it's able to bring you to a higher place of the letter Samach. It means to serve Hashem with absolute Pshitas and Tamimas. Pshitas and Tamimas. Which means that of course you're learning and you're trying to answer questions, you're trying to understand, you're trying to grow into your, with your understanding. But at the end of the day, when you open the Sefer, at the end of the day when you put on tefillin, at the end of the day when you put on tzitzis, at the end of the day when you keep Shabbos, at the end of the day when you make a bracha, you say to yourself, Rabbanu Shloylam, at the end of the day, I don't know anything. So why am I doing this? Rabbanu Shloylam, I'm doing this because you want me to do it with absolute simplicity. See, the letter Samach, like I mentioned before, is a letter that reflects how the world of the Rabbanu Shloylam, which is Ein Saif, infinite, no beginning, no end. You know how you connect to that? You connect to that by engaging in Yiddishkeit in a way that doesn't recognize top and bottom. When a person keeps mitzvahs because it makes sense to you. 
When a person engages in mitzvahs with the thinking that the reason why I'm doing this is because X, Y, Z, because of certain cheshvainas, then you know what you're doing? You're creating a hierarchy. You're putting yourself in a position that now your mitzvah is defined based on your understanding, which is now greater than some people and less than other people. You're creating a line. You're creating a square. You're creating a, a shape that has corners, that has divisions, that has hierarchy. In order to make sure that your Torah retains the identity of the letter Samach, which is the world of God, not your world, but God's world, it means to engage in mitzvahs in such a way where you are not making a hierarchy from it. You are not going into the mitzvah thinking to yourself that the guy next to me, when he's putting out tefillin, nah, he's an Amaris, he doesn't even know what tefillin are. I know what tefillin are about. If a person goes into tefillin like that, then the tefillin are not a samach dekat tefillin. It's only a mem dekat tefillin. In order to make sure that your mitzvahs retain its identity of samach, it means that you have to have the quality of shavu umash v'kadu magadol. This is why it's an amazing thing by that the yontif of Hanukkah is a yontif, that it doesn't matter where you're holding. It doesn't matter if you're a big Tamil Chacham or you're far from Yiddishkeit. Every year has a Hanukkah candle. Every year has a Hanukkah candle. And Chazal wove into the halachas of Hanukkah what? Nerushu Beisai. That you want to be extra from, you could be extra from. But at the end of the day, the halach of Hanukkah is Nerushu Beisai. One candle per night doesn't make a difference. Shove umash of That's the yontif of Hanukkah. Ratzalik says in one place, he says, what does it mean that when the Yuvanim came to the Beis Amikdash, they contaminated all the oils? Oil is always a simen, it's always a marshal in Chazal and in Tanakh for understanding. And Rosalik says that at the time of Hanukkah, you know what happened? What happened by Hanukkah is that all the Hasagis of the Jewish people became contaminated. No one understood anything. But you know what remained pure? Says Rosalik, what remained pure is that one little jar of oil. You know what that, that jar represents? The natural intuition of the most Pashariyev. Rosalik writes that sometimes, big time in the Chachamim, we confuse ourselves, you know? Us all sophisticated people, sometimes we don't know what the truth is because we overcomplicate it to ourselves. And sometimes the Tamil Chacham has to go to the Pashat Yid and ask him, what do you feel about this? And the Pashat Yid will have a natural intuition, a natural instinct of what's true, what's right and what's wrong. Sometimes, sometimes, on rare occasions, even more accurate than the Tamil Chacham. That's called the Pach Echad Shal Shemen because the, the Pashtas and the Tamimas of the most simple Yid is connecting himself to the Samach, to where Torah ultimately comes from, from a world of godliness that's cool like God, that's not human at all. That's the letter Samach. Arav in the month of Kislev. You know, it says in Sefer Yitzira that every month is created with a certain letter. No, guess which letter is, is the backbone of the month of Kislev. What month, what letter was, was Kislev created from? It's the letter Samach. The avoid of the letter Samach is Shave Umashve Kadmagadl. To love another Yid without any Cheshbainas. To do mitzvahs without any Cheshbainas. To love yourself without any Cheshbainas. To love God without any Cheshbainas. To be Pashat, to be simple. And to not walk around thinking, ah, oh, I know, I'm like this. He's not like that. Shave, to be equal. Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. It means that whatever situation in life you happen to experience, you remember, you remember that we are living in God's world. It might look like the letter Mem, but ultimately, when you open your eyes, you're standing on a globe which is circular. Every, the entire universe is, 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 is a sphere. Everything is a circle. Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid means to remember. The month of Kisav means to remember wherever you are, you're in God's world. It means every Jew you look at, you think of him as tzaddik, Every situation you, you, you look at, you see it as something coming from God. 
And as Rabbi Nachman writes in that piece in Yudtes, if a person lives like that, then you'll be Zaycha to the universe of Oilam Haba, which of Lasilavai, of Ain Lai Rasil Kimsul Sacha. Hashem should bless each and every one of us as we enter into this month of Kislev. We should be Zaycha to have Pneumistic eyes, to be able to see the Aragon as the hidden light of Hanukkah, the hidden light of the letter Samach behind the scenes of all things to finally, finally, once and for all, take back those holy letters of Samach, Mem, Aleph, Lamed from the, side of the, from the other side into the world of Kedusha to, re- to, to reveal within our own lives that Pach Echad Shal Shemen, Munach Bechay Samesh Gadol, to be zechet to live in that way of Shavisi Hashem Menegdi Samed, of Eina Milvadai, to be able to have our eyes open, to, re- to rekindle and relight the flame of the Beis HaMikdash, to be as Kugal Tzedek, Meher Amen. Amen.